This week's episode of Owl Salad is brought to you by love. A thousand parrots could chatter away for a thousand years and would still never be able to utter but one syllable of your name, my darling, Aberston Spishton. Oh, my love, love me more about love. <sighs> Owl Salad is also brought to you by Knickers and Bums. <laughs> Knickers and Bums. Yeah? I'd like to complain about the vulgar turn this show has taken. Bums are not for lowbrow entertainment. They're for sodomy. Good day, everybody. Welcome to Owl Salad. Owl Salad! 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 It was about this time that a small orphan boy loudly proclaimed, Please, sir, I want some more. More? Please, sir, I want some more. You want more? Yes. How much more? About half a bowlful. Is that good? You gave me too many mushrooms. I don't like mushrooms. I'm sorry, I'll pick them out for you. It's fun being Bless you, sidewalk. Bless all the sidewalks. Amanda! Amanda! It was terrible. I was out there, and he was calling my name, and I wanted to go to him, but I couldn't. Why couldn't you? He was ugly. Very ugly. Lobsters for hands, you know. (laughs) Lobster. Live from Kunsan, South Korea, this is Leprosy! <laughs> I'm no wimp. I like to live life dangerously. That's why I have an eating disorder. Mmm, fish. <laughs> and now for a sketch. A sketch with jokes. Listeners, I am Professor Nilsson Oblio, a longtime educator of fishy students down here at the bottom of the sea. Let me introduce you to my gaggle of fish. Gaggle, 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 gaggle. Ah, the goose. Get out of here. You'll drown. 
Now let me introduce you to my gaggle of fish. Yay, I don't very professor! Much like the professor. It's the professor. He drinks too I love much. The professor. I hope he drinks. He's the smartest, drowns. fishiest professor of them all. Shut up! You're in a school. I, I mean, at school. I, I mean. <laughs> Thank you, T-Bolt. T-Bolt is our new student, and he's right. We should begin today's lesson. Now, what was it again? Right, right. Propaganda! Professor! Professor! It's my propaganda today! Is it really? You bet your gills! This calls for a celebration! A propaganda celebration! How Fish Perceive Pizza, a short underwater educational audio presentation presented stereophonically with orchestral chromatic music to elicit colors in your brain. Mm. Hi, Milos. Hi. What you eating there? Pizza. Are you sure it's pizza? Uh, yeah, it's pizza. It's definitely pizza. How do you know it's pizza? I don't know. It tastes like pizza. Yes. It smells like pizza. What else, Milos? What else? It looks like pizza, too. <laughs> it sure does. You see, most of the time, we don't think about pizza that way. When pizza is near us, we just notice it. In this audio presentation, we'll learn to stop taking our perception on everybody's favorite delivery food for granted and think about how fish perceive pizza. It's just pizza. Yes, but why is it pizza? When each and every one of us was growing up, our brains were just trying to sort things out. In the case of pizza, it's smell, taste, feel, and look, and... And sound! Sure, Milos. And then our brains stored all this information under the name pizza. So whenever we notice pizza, what we're doing is opening up a big pizza folder with lots of pizza information. You're beginning to understand now, aren't you, Milos? Um, but what about fish? Fish never grew up with pizza. They'd never seen it, smelt it, felt it, or tasted it. So what would a fish say if it saw pizza today? Hey, come check out this strange orangey water, perhaps? <laughs> a foolish comment? Maybe. Let's put a slice of pizza in the fishbowl of another unsuspecting test subject. This oily triangle rock is really murking up this water. <laughs> Here's Jack Nicholson. Hey everybody, it's me again, Jack Nicholson. Fish aren't the only ones who perceive things incorrectly. I myself have a little problem along those lines. Whenever I try to read out titles to homoerotic movies and big award shows, I perceive them as garage. 
Satire. What? Don't you dare satirize me. I'm Jack Nicholson. I'll surprise you with an axe in your gut and gas you so hard you'll smile yourself to death. Remember when I had OCD? That was a good movie. It wasn't me! It was George Orwell! Mr. Orwell, there's a Joseph Stalin waiting to see you. Joseph Stalin? Oh, no! I knew this day would come. How does he look, Cheryl? He's all right. Mustache, comb over, dark eyebrows. He's no Felicity Huffman, though. I'll tell you, George, if Felicity were here today, I'd let him carry me off to bed and do whatever he... Cheryl! I mean, does he look upset? I'm not so much upset as he... He seems a little disappointed. Send him in. Hello. Oh, hello, Joseph. I mean, Stalin. I, I, I mean, Your Majesty. So, I have read your book. Oh, which one? Uh, George Orwell's Big Day Out? Uh, George Orwell Goes to the Parade? Uh, George Orwell Eats a Pea? I am talking about 1984. Oh, shoot. Uh, oh, you read that, huh? Yes. Uh, well, what did you think? I have to say I was a little disappointed. I was not taken in by the characters or the plot. Had I been, I may overlook the fact that you are making terrible, terrible satire out of me. Mm, uh, oh, gee. What's wrong, Orwell? You don't like what I am doing politically? I work real hard, day and night. If you have problem with my plans, you should talk to me. I'm always open to suggestions. I have nothing against you, Stalin. I, I just, I just... It hurt my feelings to read such mean things about myself. How would you like it if someone made light of your hard work? <coughs> You're coughing up blood, I see. Perhaps this was a bad time to come by. Okay, I shall go now. It feels good to vent like this. <coughs> Good, goodbye, Stalin. Goodbye. Remember, no more books about me. You're still here. I am waiting for my loot bag. I don't have any loot bags. I'm sorry. What? No loot bag? I shall be heading home now. Hopefully reporters don't find me. Mr. Stalin, Mr. Stalin, James Gefelsha from the XM Satellite News Team. Can you please tell the world your hopes and dreams? Sometimes I dream of kettle boiling, and when I wake up, kettle really is boiling. Thank you, Mr. Stalin. We turn now to an Olympic gymnast. <laughs> I'm just kidding, it's Stephen Hawking. I like to live life comfortably. That is why I am a vegetable. Stephen, your new wheelchair arrived in the mail. You don't even have to think to use this one. Ah, uh, this is the life. This is the life. I feel so at ease. I feel almost like I could, like I could, take on the world. Owl Salad will return after this movie trailer and toy commercial. Io, a moon where there is no atmosphere. Give me all your atmosphere! I can't! There isn't any atmosphere! People try to breathe by screaming it instead. And only two monoliths are smooth enough to stop it. Special Agent Stereolith. And Special Agent Quadrophonolith here to clean up this town. I'll stop you from stopping my plans. Give it up, you moron. The universe will never give in. 
It will once I reveal the pictures of it with the schoolboy. Can the monolith thwart Looneydale's scheme before an explosive climax leaves our heroes breathless? I think this bastard has a breath wish. Breathe your last death. Coming soon to a theater near you. Batman will save the day. Bang, bang, bang! No way! Spider-Man can kick Major Bat butt! Boom, boom, boom! You think Batman and Spider-Man are cool? Check out Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, the action figure! Wow! He's unbelievable! He's got amazing powers, like tearing your arms off! I want one! Pull his string and he'll say over a hundred different taglines, like... And... And if you want the knight to be even cooler, you can also buy his faithful sidekick, the maestro. You'll be singing castrato by the time we're finished with you. Holy climactic crescendo! Go to your parents and tell them you want the ninth right now! I have the ninth and I'm happier than you. Just look at my bones! Beethoven's ninth. Each movement sold separately. The maestro sold even more separately. May cause unwanted abortions. Now back to our show. The next sketch takes place on Neptune. Your beard, Sam! What? What's wrong? Your beard, Sam! What? What's happening to me? <laughs> Will, help me! Hang in there. I'll call a doctor. I came as quickly as I could. Quincy Jones! No time for adoration. What's the situation, Will? I don't know. His beard. It just... Oh, mercy, not again. You've seen this before? Get out of here, Neptunians! Can't you see this man is dying? 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 Not if Quincy Jones has anything to say about it. Hand me that heart monitor, Will. This one? That was a sketch about... Sorry, boys and girls. That was a sketch about... That was not a sketch. We'll live on Neptune, not you. Everyone who comes to Neptune will suffer same fate as all those who have died on Neptune, except the Neptunians who don't die. We're immortal. We did it. We did it. That was also part of the sketch. That sketch was about beards. Beards? Christmas had come and gone on planet Neptune. The Schlieblang covered the Globabu Habloon in a warm purple of pockpox, and almost everyone was at peace with life, nature, and the Kravkamak Schlop Buvagoshki. Two beards, however, chose not to participate in this peaceful time. You son of a bitch! How could you bring another beard into our beard bed? 
screamed Wifebeard with tear-filled eyes. Honey, she meant nothing. I wasn't thinking. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Husband Beard got down on his knees and sobbing like a child, clasped his hands together as if to pray. Don't you dare ask me to forgive you, Beard 6041. Don't you dare. <laughs> I can't believe you would do this to me. To your family. Ah! Is everything okay, Mom Beard? There at the door to their bedroom was Husband Beard's son, the beard he and Wife Beard had had not more than four years ago. Why don't you tell him, Beard 6041? Go on, tell your son! Tell me what? Well, go on! That's enough, Beard 4055! If you're not gonna tell him, I most certainly have to tell him, and if I don't tell him, then I'm gonna have him! Dad, Beard! What's happening? Oh, mercy! Not again! Your mother beard! When she gets mad, she becomes a portal! Dad beard! Hold on, beard! We're going in! Dad beard? Where are we? We're in Jimmy Stewart's portal, son. Oh no! You two got trapped in the portal too? Well, well, you might as well come on over to my house. Oh! Oh! Oh no, my knee! Here, l let me let me get you something to drink. Oh! Oh no! Oh, I gotta get a towel. Oh! Oh no! The earth crust is separating. Oh! I fell! Oh no! I'm I'm in the center, the center of the earth. I don't know what's going on. I better calm down and turn on the radio. Is it easy? In my yum-yums Every day In my yum-yums Yum-yums They will buy Tawita Mulshok certain way Featuring a stealthy Shia plebeg And his leg Pitched in a chopstick Then we can Lots him got Melduked up Render shag Nah In my yum-yums in my yam, yam, yams. Anna, the seventh Duchess of Bedford, was the most beautiful Duchess in the land. She was also a degenerate gambler, and so each weekend she would go to the boxing rings to bet on the sperm whale fights. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a night of absolute brutality. In the far corner, coming from the polar seas and the broken home, Sperm Whale Theodore! And on the right, a Chrysler Magnus so vicious he's likely to use his dorsal fin to attack your face until he's slapping bone. And with connections so powerful they go all the way to the White House, Sperm Whale Philip! All right, guys, I want this to be a clean match. I don't want to see no dirty shots, no. <laughs> hey, hey, another outburst like that and you're out of the game, Sperm Whale Phil, you hear me? Same goes for you, Sperm Whale Ted. Now I don't want to see no dirty shots, no flipper kicks, biting with your 50 to 60 teeth from your five meter long jaw, and I most certainly don't want to see you headbutting using your box like six by three by 2.1 meter skulls, am I clear? 
Good. Now shake flippers. And fight! And we're off, folks. The sperm whales approach each other in the ring. And we have a left flipper slap to Phil's face. Ted retaliates with two consecutive fins to Phil. It's getting rough now with constant smacks. Oh, and Phil lands the first punch. Ted shrieks in frustration. Phil has Ted cornered and he's focusing on the dorsal flipper. And with that, Ted is out for the count. Phil shrieks victoriously. But what's this? Ted has taken out his sword. Phil responds by unsheathing his and sings his battle cry. All is quiet as the sperm whales prepare to duel, and Ted makes the first strike. Phil's sword is flung across the ring. He cannot get to it in time. He lunges himself at Ted. Punch after punch he throws at him. Phil cries in pain and leans over. He has just produced a tactical rocket launcher and points it at Phil. Phil explodes in a symphony of blubber and wrinkled flesh. Ted sings loudly and with sheer triumph. Winner and new! Help me! Help me! Help me! Help me! Help me win! Champion of the world! Sperm Whale And there you have it, boys and girls. That's the story of how sperm whale Theodore, against all odds and prejudices, won the World Boxing Championship against his lifelong rival. The end. The end? The end. The end! And now, playing the piano is a man being stung by bees. He's good. Dvorak's better. No, I'm not. I'm worse. And back in the year 1766... Give it up, Mozart! You'll never be famous! (laughs) And yes, even Ludwig van Beethoven. Oh my god! He's deaf! That's okay. We'll build a new Beethoven. One that can turn into a submarine. You're alive! Yes, I... I'm home! Kids, your father's home. Jesse, I'm just finishing out this duck soup, so can you... Ah! Now, Marianne, I know it looks bad. You're bald! Yes. You're... You're... Bald, I know. But why? I... Daddy! Daddy! I got an A-plus this girl the day Quickly come here, Janie, honey. It's okay. Honey, what happened to your head? You're all bald! That's what happens when you lose your hair, Pete. Mommy! It's okay. It's okay. Daddy's hair will grow back, right, Jesse? Uh... It won't! Oh, my God! <laughs> it's not so bad, Marianne. I'm just bald. 
Now, come on now. Calm down. It's only hair. Now, I've had a very long day, and I'd like us to have a pleasant dinner together as a family. Can we do that, Pete? Yeah, Dad. Marianne? Mm-hmm. Jane? <laughs> Jane, honey? <laughs> Call an ambulance! She's dead. <laughs> Jane was a good alligator. A green, lumpy alligator. I, too, am an alligator! Too loud! Too loud! Jim, you've got a bug on your face! Thank you! You got it! You may have killed me, but I am forever! Just listen! We now have James Gesellschaft reporting live from inside the body of an Asian tiger mosquito named Francine. What? This is James Gesellschaft reporting here live from inside the body of an Asian tiger mosquito named Francine. Got it? Start the sketch. Tell them where we're going. Tell the listeners. Francine and I are on our way to New York, where she will donate her entire life savings to the Rockefeller Foundation. <laughs> and once that is done, nothing can stop me from being known as the greatest mosquito philanthropist the world has ever seen. Francine! Francine! This is madness! Turn yourself around before someone gets hurt! The donkey's already hee-hawing, James Gazelle Shaft! Not even your refined skills as a news reporter can change this mosquito's mind! Francine! This is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police Police! We've trained our horses to fly! We've also equipped them with trivectorized Mooknir assault weapons! We won't let you donate that money! We won't let you! The Rockefeller Foundation is a worthy cause! Is it worth dying for, Francine? Is it? I knew the risks when I took up philanthropy! She's flying toward New York this instant, or we will open fire! Francine, please! You don't have to do this! This is your last warning! For the love of God, Francine! Just listen to the RCMPP! Ready, men! And what would your father say? <laughs> Francine, is that you? Yes, father. It's me. I'm weak. So weak. I can hardly buzz. <coughs> oh, don't strain yourself, father. Before I die, I have to tell you something. What is it, father? You must take up philanthropy. From inside Francine, I could feel her heartbeat with a thirst for the chase. 
For 40 minutes, she raced ahead of that gunslinging winged stallion, bursting through birds and anything else that got in her way. She almost made it, too. We were so close. I could see the Rockefeller Foundation through her eyes. I could see her pull out her checkbook and sign away $96,000, every penny she had ever earned. And then I saw the bullet that passed through her. We were on the ground. I crawled back out into the world through her tiny ear. Just in time. XM Radio's spell had worn off and I was returning to my normal size. Francine, I'm big again. <laughs> I never realized how kind your eyes were. James Gazelleshaft. Don't speak that way, Francine. I'll get you to a hospital. A tiny, adorable hospital. James, I'm not scared anymore. Let me die in flames. No! Hi, I'm Al. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm Frank. I'm Frank. Where's Al? Hello. Are you... Al, yes. I'm Al the Negotiator. I'm here to fix all your problems. Don't hesitate to ask me anything. I'm sure I've seen it all. Have you seen the hospital from Venus? Hospital from Venus? No! Where? Where can I find it? He's over there. My God, I'm the only one... Who can... Reason... With... The hospital. Me? Nothing can reason with me. Please, hospital. You're being unreasonable. Stop insulting me. I'll tear this place apart. I'll throw old people out my windows. <laughs> Don't you dare try negotiating with me. I'm Venusian. I bathe in my own velocity. There must be something you want, hospital. Just let these people go. They've done nothing wrong to you. Nothing? Nothing wrong? Imagine. Day after day, people come from far and wide and die in you. Do you know what that's like? Well, I sure do. It's not easy being a hospital, and I don't want it anymore. I'm fighting back, baby. But what about all those babies who were born in you? Don't you ever think of them? Heck, you got it easy. You don't think it's tough being a negotiator? Imagine, day after day, people come from far and wide and die in me. Well, I don't like very much being a school teacher. You don't know what it's like. Day after day, people come from far and wide and die in me. You're just trying to trick me. You want to lock me up? Well, catch me if you can, baby. Damn! We'll never catch that hospital. Oh, I don't think he'll go very far. What do you mean? Very far in life. Sure, he can travel at a velocity unattained before by man, but he's not very polite. No, I don't think that hospital is going to do anything interesting with his life. After escaping the blaze, I went out for fish and chips, but the restaurant wouldn't serve me because of my unfortunately large build. He's choking! He's choking! Is anyone here a hospital? No! Then get out of here! We hate hospitals! 
Is there no one out there who will love a hospital like me? <laughs> What's wrong, dear? Nobody loves me, David Bowie. I'm too big. You're not too big. You're the perfect size. I'm too big. But you're the same size as everybody else. Only in physical appearance. But I'm a rock star, and the world thinks I'm really too big. Yeah? Yeah. You and me, hospital. We're two peas in the same pod. Are you lonely? All the time. Say, why don't you come on tour with me? I'll give you free tickets to every show. I don't have any money. Where will I sleep? In my bed. somewhere so that we may make love. How about in here? <laughs> I love you! Thank you.